0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to NKBA Live. I'm Carrie Kelly, creative director of Carrie Kelly Design Lab here in Sacramento, and it's wonderful to be back with you for a very special edition of Brave New Business. We hope you and your families and colleagues had a wonderful and safe Canada Day and Fourth of July. Last time I was here, I was a panelist for the very first episode of Brave New Business, when my friends Chip Wade and Narbu DeMonte and I spoke about how we were adjusting to the pandemic lockdown and where the market and our business might go after COVID-19 and beyond. The pandemic has impacted the living situations of many people, the elderly in particular, as well as those who have lost their jobs or moved out of dense areas. As we know, living in place means making spaces accessible, safe, and comfortable for anyone at any age, regardless of physical challenges, and multiple generations living under the same roof. As designers and remodelers, we're in a unique position to help reconfigure home spaces to accommodate these needs. I was delighted to help NKVA develop this benchmark lifestyle life stage study this year, which took a different approach to reflect the evolution of how design serves the modern lifestyle. Several ideas bubbled to the surface from technology of the connected home to health and wellness, to simpler, more streamlined environments. We'll dive deeper into healthy living, connected living, and simplified living. But today, we are focusing on living in place with a special focus on multi-generational solutions and how our kitchens and bathrooms are evolving. Today, two experts in the living in place design solution arena will help unravel these challenges. Both are certified living in place professionals and you can earn CLIP certification endorsed by the NKBA through the Living Place Institute as well. Check out nkba.org for details and NKBA members get a $350 discount. Just a note before we get started, this form qualifies for one half CEU credit for our certified members. And we'll have some time for questions at the end. So please type them in the Q&A function in the bottom of your screen, not in the chat. So I'd like to welcome Jonas Karnemark, CKD CLIP, Principal of Karnemark Design, Build, and Kant Seymarek in Bethesda, Maryland, and Jennifer Bertrand, AKBD CLIP, TV personality and Principal of Jennifer Bertrand Design in Kansas City. So let's begin. I'd like to discuss how layouts and floor plans are evolving, some special design details that are improving living in place, And finally, some new products that are either available or on the horizon, wrapping up with trends and merging for our future. Let's start with the idea of designing an accessible, livable home is just plain good design. Jonas, we know that multiple generations are more frequently living in the same home. This is partly due to the pandemic, but you may also say that it was a natural progression. What are some overarching trends in home design that are changing how COVID has solidified this evolution?
1: Well, you know, when I looked at the study, I found that it's almost like we're having this perfect storm of these trends that have been happening over time. It's been sort of evolutionary, gradual things like opening up the kitchen, the kitchen connected to other areas, an increased focus on quality over quantity. Uh, the technology. But I do think that um, the sort of COVID thing has punctuated this evolution where people, there are more people in the home, uh, you know, studying at home, working at home, trying to escape the chaotic world. Health and wellness has become very big. I think nutrition is becoming sort of a new medicine. People are learning about this. They're getting food deliveries. And so I think altogether, it's it's really kind of like what sustain, what happened with sustainability, where that was a big thing that happened, but it became more good building practices. I think people are realizing that this is gonna be something that's gonna stay and just be good for the home.
0: Yeah, and just good for everyone in the family, it feels like, and we're such an integral part of that.
1: You know, we had a, um, a project recently, I think I have a slide there, and uh, this was a, a large family that had in-laws, and they also had foreign exchange students, and we ended up sort of, having targeted storage areas and lots of different surface areas, connectivity to sort of some family area, but really places where everybody can help and everybody can get around, but really a concentration on the flow. And for them, it worked out really nice because they could have lots of people cooking at the same time.
0: Yeah, that's the fun of it and our value as designers. I love it. Thank you so much. Jennifer, let's turn to you. In your work for the TV show Military Makeover on the Lifetime channel, you've solved design problems and given a fresh start to veterans. We know living in place is about more than seniors. Safety and accessibility Mm -hmm. for parents with infants or small children, individuals with disabilities, use of wheelchair or other mobility assisting devices are all a part of this. So tell us about your work on Military Makeover and what are a few of the easiest ways designers can help homeowners implement or even retrofit some of these concepts in their own or loved ones home or client? Great
2: question and honestly, hello to everyone. This is a show we do helping our veterans, but a lot of times by the time time you all as professionals start to take living in place into account, it's sometimes almost down the road for a client. And if all of us embrace this as a concept, early on as thoughtful design and small moments, it becomes something that is great for like marketing your home for resale. It becomes something that when life happens, when it throws you a left hook that you least expect, you're prepared. What does that mean? So actionable items for you, that means it can be overwhelming to get certified living in place or think that's a lot to take on, but for you all out there, if you start small by putting backing in walls for f- potential grab bars down the ro- the line, if you're designing a shower, color blocking to create horizon lines, one of the things like, even I oogle over Jonas's photos that are so yummy and delicious and great design, and not everyone gets to have that scenario. So telling people that it's okay to retrofit and do those moments. We do it for veterans because a lot of it's PTSD injuries and the sometimes very visible life moments. But a lot of us need to start this conversation now because it can make it really easy and it can make you stand out in your current marketplace as an expert.
0: I love it, I love it, you're so right in this. And um, I love Jonas's work too, but as well as I love yours. (laughs) A lot of discussion about living in places, especially when we're talking about safe environments for seniors, it's typically focused on the design of the home versus the individual. And this is for two primary reasons. First of us, no one really likes to hear that they're aging. (laughs) And second, no one knows what the future might bring. So the house has to accommodate any number of possibilities. Jonas, tell us about changing the perception with clients when it comes to living in place and some of the projects you've designed that accommodate accessible design, whether it's grandparents moving in with the children or maybe that boomerang effect of children moving back in with their parents.
1: That's right, that's right. You know, over time, people have talked to us about in-law suite, au pair suite, but it can also be caregiver suite, which is something Mm -hmm. that we're doing for, you know, our very aging clients. And, And those are usually people we've done a project for long beforehand. Um, I think it's important to think about the life of the home and being a steward of the home. And that if you think of the principles of universal design, everybody can use it, grandkids and grandparents. And one of the telltale things that I really like, or the metric that I really like to think about in beautiful design is, can you use it and can you clean it? You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's so so many people forget about little things like that. Um, We did have a fun project where we had um, a family that wanted their parents to live with them and the parents were quite um they really didn't want to bother the family they had a beautiful Tudor home and we didn't want to you know wreck sort of the plaster ceilings and things like that so we used one of these pneumatic elevators this is on the second floor it's down in the foyer and it goes right up through the second floor and in the next slide you can sort of see their their living space where they have a little kitchenette and a little TV area behind this view. And then if you go back towards the back, there's a bedroom and a bathroom. And it was interesting, you can show that slide of the bath. We did do you know, barrier-free shower, hand shower by a bench seat. It's always good to have a place to put your foot up on. And then we had this discussion about the freestanding tub. How do you get behind it to clean it? And will you get in and out of it safely? And as long as people are really aware that you need to be careful, we did have a grab bar on the side, getting in and out of those things, then I think you know they should get what they want. But yes. Yeah. And, and Jonas, ooh,
2: sorry, I get excited. Yeah. And Jonas, wouldn't you say that like most everyone can add a zero entry shower at any point in your life, So like some of these things that he's doing for specific clients, you can do just naturally by educating your client as you do it.
1: No, I totally agree. It's almost like good insulation in your house. You do the low hanging fruit and those are things that can definitely, you know, help the house.
0: Well, even the hand shower, it's like, let's make sure everyone in the family is included, including washing the dog and making that an easy part. You know, all of these elements and layers of our versions of family, I think, your thoughtful details are, are so uh, recognized and just well done. Jen, I have questions for you. Why do you think families are more than ever embracing this multi-generational living? Do you have any experiences with it? And what can be tackled in the design process um, as we talk through this? So I was very lucky my dad was NATO. So I grew
2: up in Germany and went to school in Holland. And I grew up seeing that culturally, that was the norm out of uh, in a lot of countries other than the United States. So the US is catching up in that cultural concept. Hopefully my child will let me live with him when I'm older. But even if you take it as they're not moving in with you, but when my in-laws would visit from London for six weeks at a time, they were older. so having multiple zones of heating and cooling, because no joke, my mother-in-law, it was like we lived in Miami in our house and it was like 88 degrees. So when you take those thoughtful things into it and plan and design for the unexpected, that's where you're gonna shine even past your cool end result in the photographs. And most of you are already already doing these moments um, every day in life, you just haven't put a name to it. But I will say that when I got certified, it, it was a lot to kind of start to implement it. But if you focus starting small and then you have resources, there is often I will call Louie and Eric and say, hey, guys, what is the best for this? So it's really about assembling your team of experts. And if it's not you, bring someone in and it only makes you look better to have those that team of people.
1: I think that's a great point. And one of the things I've been noticing, I don't know if you see this in in your work, but they, you know, for a long time, we were working with boomer clients and they had these sort of morbid thoughts of, you know, I'm leaving this house feet first and things (laughs) like that. And they didn't want to do anything. They thought they could jump in the tub and do a somersault. And then we get these millennials that come up and they're like, of course, I have to plan for an elevator. It's going to be our forever home. And so a totally different sort of dichotomy of, in terms of viewpoint, but helping them understand that it's actually good for the house for the long term, I think people understand that. And that goes to that point with resale. I think um, just like a house, an energy efficient house, an accessible house is gonna be better resale.
0: Yeah. Well, you guys have both proven that these concepts don't just apply to seniors. And I know Jen, I feel like you have a, an additional layer of experience Can you share a little bit of your personal medical experience with your son and how design has literally changed your lives? Yeah, so it was when I least expected.
2: I just won HGTV Design Star, and honestly, like, I thought I was moving to Malibu and going to be on a beach, and then I found out I was pregnant, and our son had two rare malformations. And so in the middle of of all of that and being pregnant – we had to refinish our basement and design for nurses and healthcare and machines and equipment. And it, it the thing is this is, it's overwhelming when all of a sudden you're facing whatever it is you're dealing with, whether it's a parent with Alzheimer's and dementia. If you wait till that point, it adds a whole extra heaviness that you can avoid by making smart, intentional decisions throughout the remodel of the remodel process with your clients. Mm,
0: that's fantastic. Yeah,
2: that's and and I have to say he's now 11 and a brat and happy and healthy. So <laughs> all good.
0: See? <laughs> Back to you Jonas. What new materials are important with these solutions for instance? I know you had mentioned about maintenance. So what's yeah, as far as non-slip, durability, easy to clean, what are what are some of your favorites?
1: Well, over time, we've always been searching for these projects, and years ago, we sort of had to be inventive. I remember a project, I think I've got a slide of it, where um, there we did a barrier-free shower, but this was back in the 90s, and we wanted to have a no-slip floor, so we used like a flamed granite impala. I wanted a place to put your foot, um, which is, you know, a concrete cube. We did a drying area with thermostatic valves, but all of these things um, we sort of had to make up. We did the the linear drain over by the shower just by creating a gutter out of tile. And I think those types of things are now the manufacturers have really caught up. I, I mean they were starting to a few years ago, but I think there's really been this this sort of flip in mindset where they want to produce really good products Um, In this next slide, we did basically the same system, but here we had large format tiles that were really non-slip. I mean, you can get the non-slip rating on them. We're using epoxy grout that doesn't, you know, you know, gather mildew and things like that, really easy to clean, really tight joint. And then you can see that linear drain there that actually, you know, I think Quick Drain came out with it now, Schluter, ESS, Mm -hmm. all those guys, everybody has this stuff now. Um, In this particular case, we blocked all the walls for grab bars, which they decided not to do yet, although I would have put them in because they would have been beautiful. Um, But there's so much now product-wise. It's really great.
0: Yeah. Jen, what do you think about that?
2: Well, we all know that grab bars used to look like sadness when you (laughs) saw them in a home. Like, let's just be um, honest about it but like even appliance companies. So I have a slide of Monogram's French Door Oven and it shows you that sometimes it's the out-of-box solution and you can get this at any stage in life and yet it's gonna be great and easy and accessible. There's a designer Maria that my friend Louie likes to quote that says, designing for living in place is designing between your knees and your nose. Yes. So if you think yes. about that, see Jonas, is, or Jonas no, say, is high-fiving This is where
1: you wanna reach. I have projects where they put cabinets 10 feet up in the air, and I'm thinking, you need a 12-foot ladder to get up there, Mm -hmm. and even then, it's not safe.
2: Well, and honestly, if you keep it all at that level, and slowly people are catching on to elevate dishwashers and all of that, and I mean, when you look at Jonas's work, nothing about it says that it looks like aging. It's just beautiful design. So when you start implementing it, and it has the potential for grab bars, um, next slide, I have... Kohler came out with some grab bars that are not sad and heavy looking. Before it was all just the tubular heavy, but they have ones with different finishes now, different styles. They debuted it at KBiz. That's why I go to KBiz to kind of see what's next and new and fresh. And then Revashelf, I have another slide that shows that where this concept used to be purely mainly European, but now we're adopting it to know that This is just smart design. And honestly, with all of what our necks are going to be after looking at our phones, we're all going to need living in.
0: (laughs) No doubt. Well, you guys are just proving my point that this livable design is just good design. I mean, it looks fantastic. Um, It doesn't look sad at all, Jen. And in fact, I'm seeing people saying you're absolutely right in, in our comments here. So wonderful work. I love seeing the slides. Um, I feel like there's another layer to all of this. Let's talk about technology and how does that play into, we have the aesthetic going, now the layer of technology. Jonas, what do you think about that?
1: Well, you know, um, years ago, my wife who's a, was a journalist. She interviewed a guy up at NIT and he had a kitchen lab and he was talking about what was gonna happen in the future, which now is now. Um, and it's true, um, you know, we have these technologies where You can see what is in your refrigerator from your phone in your store with the IP camera, you know, Dakor is doing that now. And I finally saw what he had talked about where you actually can see recipes in the countertop. And that's Saran shot, you know, the people who make Saran, they're coming out with that. But his point um, at that time was to sort of think about aging in place and memory and knowing where you were in a recipe and knowing whether things are on and sort of, you know, really being that the kitchen being aware of you and you being aware of the kitchen all around you. I think, I think that's sort of a, and the other thing I'm thinking about is iPads have really changed everything. And I feel like now people talk about televisions and not wanting them, but then they want this connectedness. So we're seeing more panel TVs in kitchens, not as TVs, but as a big screen for Zoom and connecting or having mm. cocktail hour with people or looking up Epicurious or seeing you know, what some, some great chef is doing in terms of preparing something. So I think that type of connectivity is going to be really important moving forward.
0: Wow. Chime in here, Jen. What do you, you think
2: about this technology? Can, can you see me bubbling to say something? Well <laughs> you had
0: something for me. <laughs>
2: don't you guys all think that professionals in our industry go extreme? They either extremely embrace technology or they're like, I don't know. I don't know if I can com- convince my clients because, Even I think it's ever changing so quickly, why should I convince them to put it into a home? And with that, I would say is, it goes back to building that team of experts. Because when you truly understand what technology is gonna stick around longer, it can improve the way you live. That's the whole point it was invented. So by embracing technology, it can really do great things. But when you start to see even light bulbs that you can change the Kelvin on your phone, that can be great for your personal wellness, but also if you have a family member who's going through daylighting through Alzheimer's and and whatnot. So, yeah, part seasonal of it, disorders. Yes, yeah, see, Jonas knows. Look at his designs. <laughs> he he's amazing. He knows everything. But it's about knowing your team. I mean, Jonas, what would you say if a professional was a little intimidated by bringing in technology into their everyday designs?
1: Well. That's hard for me to answer because I've always been bleeding edge and doing a little bit too far on that scale. But what what really stuns me is how people have or manufacturers have focused on ease of use. One prime example for me and I, I love music do a lot of music is Sonos is so easy to get music to your ears right away. It doesn't have to be complicated. And the Hue light bulbs, the, the one that you mentioned by Philips, that is so nice to be able to just touch on your phone or even on a switch and bring up a level of light. Um, I have one that's like energized and it makes me wanna clean my studio or I've got you know listening you know, mixing or whatever and it dims it down and it really does change it. I remember sort of thinking, oh yeah, chromotherapy, right. But it does change how you feel. And so I think those types of things, proven technologies that have become, you know, more um, broad, they really work. And, and that was a big turning point for us, I think in 2007 when the smartphone sort of came alive. I mean, we had the little blackberries and stuff, but all of a sudden things have really changed and I'm no longer MapQuest to uh, my kids and my <laughs> wife, like, where am I? You know, yeah. they've got Google, they've got these different things. And so I think over time, people will get used to those types of things. And, well, and let me, here, no, no, I'm
0: going to play client for one second because you've just sold me on all of that. I want everything you just said, but tell me, tell me the pros and cons of new construction in my mind. That's easy peasy for everything you just said, but retrofitting might be a little bit more of a challenge. So talk to me about that. Well, go ahead. Oh yeah. Well, you jump in first, Jonas.
1: Well, I think that, with Wi-Fi and 5G and that type of connectivity, more and more of us are not doing what we call structured wiring, which is basically doing bundles of cables in the wall. Everything is speaking through Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, very easy to connect now. So I think in in retrofitting those types of things, it's easy. And then when you're getting new appliances, I mean, that's a kitchen remodel and we remodelers, you know, sort of know how to remodel. So it's taking stuff out and putting it in. But what is interesting is the sort of, uh, artificial intelligence, like that new oven that you scan the barcode and it knows how to cook that meal. Um, for those of us who don't, you know, for those people that don't like to do from scratch. And then I think the, the sort of, uh, you know, whatever you call it, Renaissance of, um, Cooking from scratch is really cool, but so much of that is fed by technology in terms of YouTube and Epicurious and all, you know, the ratings and reviews, social media about stuff. Um, Yeah, just, you know, I found a recipe on Instagram. Here I go.
0: Yeah.
2: And, And Carrie, to add to it, like everything about living in place can be retrofitted into your existing home without it being too much. It's just saying that if you are gonna do something, keep these in mind as well. And part of it is is us as professionals teaching our clients that while we're in the wall, let's plan for potential, leave wiring behind Mm -hmm. versus yes, we know we don't need it right now, but later you'll regret if you don't. And it may be, it's just slower, thoughtful design as you do it. And then even things like when you talk about appliances, the induction cooktop from Monogram, the safety of that, whether it's for yourself or for your parents is so, it's such a large concept. I had a client who she didn't need it. We um, had her get it, we actually chose it aesthetically um, and we treated her to the pans needed to use for induction as a way of celebrating that she was translating to this concept because Sometimes it's something as simple as, oh, I have to get new pants that can intimidate a client, and you just go, we've got you, it's good, and it can be a beautiful client gift, and yeah. go from oh, there. No, that's a like, great
1: idea.
0: Amazing. you, Jonas. You guys are amazing. I could have you on for hours, but they're gonna cut us off here, and I'm seeing all these questions flow through, so I'm sure everyone has a lot of great questions for our panel, and I just wanna remind everyone to type those into the Q&A function at the bottom of the screen,
3: Leanne, what do we have? First of all, I think we have to give Jennifer a compliment on her glasses because people have complimented her. So Jennifer, everyone always loves your glasses. (laughs) Thank you. Now, I know this was was slightly addressed, but um, we have a CKD saying that she had designed a kitchen for both parts of the family and when it came to sell it, was asked to redo it as the potential buyers found it too institutional. Have you ever had to deal with that? And how did you deal with it? Jennifer, do you wanna tackle that one? Oh, that, No, that's a great question. So how I would probably
2: take it. So to me, institutional is a concept of, a lot of people sometimes see modern, clean, simple as institutional. Sometimes it's aesthetically softening. So um, depending on which aspect she's talking about, like if it was something I designed, I'd be like, well, let's go have a one hour adventure and let's talk about how we can change hardware and do some of those softening moments without changing the core concept of what it is. Jonas, what would you say to that one?
1: Well, it's interesting because so many clients, the the one common thread I've always had with every single client I've ever had is they have this expression saying, well, who would do that? is. Everybody has their (laughs) own view of what it means. And for some institutional, you know, is actually really cool and it's industrial and all that. But sometimes I think they think of, you know, is it more hospital-like? So it could be that it's polished uh, or or brushed stainless steel and white cabinets. And for some people that's like, you know, white kitchen is a little black dress. You can dress it up any way you need to. But, you know, so I think a lot of it has to do with the personalities. We used to joke that uh, when we do countertops, we'd need to do a personality profile on the client because if they could see that tiny spot right there, we knew that uh, natural stone was not for them. And so you know, it it, it really does take working with a client, but your point to sort of um, softening it with hardware or other features, maybe wall paint um, and any kind of fabric features, those types of things, that's always helpful. Put a lot of fruit in there.
3: Great. I'm going to summarize a few questions because it seems to be in and around technology. Jonas, how do you convince older clientele to embrace technology?
1: Good question. Um, I get really excited about the technology that I use that's really easy to use. And sometimes that enthusiasm rubs off. Um, It also depends on what type of technology. And sometimes it's easier to do something that isn't so technolo- you know, technologically advanced for people that aren't really ready to go there. Because it, in the end, it should be about ease of use and how easy it is to get to it and what it does for you. So they're maybe thinking about what, they, what makes them happy. I tend to think about, you know, if you're going to spend money, spend money on something that makes you smile And so really finding out what would make them like, if you had a magic wand, what would make you really happy and focus on those things. It doesn't have to be extra technologically advanced.
2: Well, and can I add to that is one of the best ways is to take them to see a living model uh, in action. And a lot of um, companies who do that for a living have uh, clients who are willing to let people in their home and you could show them different levels of technology and use. Here is one that's kind of the basics. Here's one that went all out and they can see it, ask questions, touch it, you know, and then it comes to life versus just being something you're talking at them with
1: and that's changed so much over the last maybe 10 years because we've all experienced this with you know say we have parents or grandparents who are like what is an ipad i don't even know and all of a sudden they're just all over it and and that's that's their mainstay and so just adopting that takes time it's like marinating you know it just needs a little bit of time to uh understand it yeah
3: Okay, great. We have several more questions here, so we can, might go, go slightly over 2.30, um, but please bear with us. Uh, CLIP was mentioned uh, several times, and someone has asked, please help me understand the difference between CLIP and CAPS. Jonas, do mm-hmm. you want to take that one?
1: Sure, and, and I think, in general, um, I think there's a big distinction between living in place and aging in place. And aging in place deals with the things, you know, that are revolved around aging, living in place. You know, we have a number of projects where it's really centered around younger kids with disabilities. It could be somebody that is, you know, would be perfectly fit, but has developed a disease. Um, And then I sort of personally take it more towards universal design and what is the house need to adapt to everybody. Um, And so I think, the, the clip is really, the, the curriculum, for me, was really great to sort of broaden my view about what everybody could need, and that sort of fed my desire for the universal design aspect of my architecture.
3: Mm-hmm. And I'll say what, what he said. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Actually, we had a question for you on that, Jen. How important has your CLIP certification knowledge and ongoing learnings helped you with your military, make, military makeover work, and can you provide an example? Yeah, so honestly,
2: we've done quite a few different projects for varying injuries. So there's a a group called Oscar Mike that is in Chicago. They help wheelchair-bound veterans and amputees and paralyzed, and they bring them to this compound to make them realize life's not over and it's just adapting. So I've been lucky because there are just certain facts that are undeniable, and they've already been thought out. So... To me, it makes it easy to use in my design world because someone's already figured out all the dimensions, all the everything. All I have to do is implement it. So, you know, and you don't have to memorize it anymore. There are books. It's online. You have resources. So it makes me look like I know what I'm doing. It helps someone what improve the <laughs> <You're> so <laughs> nice, Jonas. Um, but it actually improves the way my client lives, so everyone wins. Even when I was taking the course, um, my father has a um, uh, syndrome. It's, um, it's like a shaking syndrome. And while learning the course, I learned about some tools that will help him eat better. And I bought it for my dad for a holiday. And it's little things. My thing is, if any of you are considering getting CLIP certified, It's as much as you're, as much as or as little as you want to implement into your design process. But having it behind your name really just adds another layer of credibility. And in your local market, it will help you stand out. And it doesn't hurt if you approach local news segments to say, hey, I'd love to talk about this concept because no one's wanting to put their in laws or parents in senior citizens' homes.
3: And now everyone's keeping everyone close.
1: Yeah.
3: Okay, great. I think this will be our last question, and I think it's an important one. Jonas, how are manufacturers informing you and the design community about products developed specifically for living in place?
1: Well, I think there, um, Jennifer, you mentioned it. You know, Kbiz has really been great um, in terms of, you know, seeing new product, and then I've developed relationships over time with certain manufacturers that I've met there, and then keeping up with them. Um, I do sort of forage for new products a lot and see things that are coming over from Europe. We were using some certain grab bar systems that were coming down from a company in London. And now we have companies here in the US that actually can produce the same thing. So it's not that shipping and stuff like that. Um, But I think, you know, just keeping up on uh, KBB Magazine, things like that. I I just, well, I'm a nerd that way. So I'm always looking for it.
2: Jen, do you have anything to add there? Ooh, okay, yes, I was trying to behave and be quiet. But. <laughs> so here's the thing. So we do a Voices from the Industry at KBiz about living in place. And we've done it on a panel with um, how to use VA loans and money to implement and remodels. Or we've done ones highlighting on lighting and whatnot. Even for this. I referred back to the living in place Institute and it was like, Hey, I want to know any new products or what are your faves? And I was sent a whole massive email of wow. it, right. To make me look good against Jonas. But <laughs> if you think about it is it's just about building your breadth of resources and that's what it ends up being. So, um, but also you can always reach out to any manufacturer and ask what's new or next Um, Ask them what they're doing and put it on their radar or finding it online.
1: I do think, though, also, it's not so much about the products in the end. It's about how you use them. And there's so many things that you could just use in a better way and think about it that way. You know, what makes it easier to approach something? What makes it easier to use? And sometimes that's just thinking through yourself, how would I want to use it? And and there's there's so much low hanging fruit there that could make all of our homes better. Um, but I do think that the manufacturers have really stepped up their game. It's great.
0: I agree. You guys, this has been a wonderful conversation, and we're beyond overtime, which I knew we would be with all your knowledge. But I want to thank you, Jonas Carnemark, and Jennifer Bertrand, for the great tips and design advice. And thank you to all of you for tuning in today. It's been my pleasure to join all you today. For more information to buy NKBA's exclusive Living Impacts Design Research, visit the Research and Insights tab. It's on nkba.org. And once again, you can check into CLIP certification on nkba.org under the Professional Development tab. My good friend and NKBA CEO, Bill Darcy, returns to hosting duties in two weeks on July 23rd for a discussion on Consumer Confidence and the Discretionary Dollar. Our guests at that time will be Jay Walker-Smith, Chief Knowledge Officer and Brand Marketing and of Kantar Consulting, and Pam Danzinger, author, researcher, and luxury market expert, who will be talking about the luxury market, the difference between discretionary and elective spending, and how to maximize the sale in high-end remodeling projects. I know it will be another important discussion, and I know I can't wait to hear it. So thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Yay, good job.